There is over a trillion dollars of waste in supply chains today. The net zero carbon emission is something that corporates are taking very seriously. To meet these objectives, they're going to have to take into consideration CO2 emissions. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of Net Zero Carbon. This is our show at Freight Waves, focusing on decarbonizing freight and logistics. We always look specifically at freight, fuels, and energy, and how digital technologies are going to get us to a net zero future. Today, I'm joined once again by Jack Schickler of SPI Systems. Jack, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Thank you, Tyler. Nice to talk with you again. It's my pleasure to have you back. You're on an elite list of repeat guests, and I'm excited because we frequently end with, hey, let's get you back on a year later and talk about how this new technology is making an impact and what the new developments are. And this is actually one of the first cases where we're getting that update from the horse's mouth. So I'm excited for our listeners to tune in. Give us just a brief refresh. Um, SPI Systems, what do y'all make? What do you do and why? Okay, we make a system uh, that interacts with the diesel engine in the combustion chamber. You see behind me that rendition of a cylinder of a diesel. Uh, our focus is on combustion and what it takes to have clean combustion, which results in reduced emissions and better fuel economy. We call it SPEAR, which stands for SPI, the name of our company, Exhaust Reaction. Uh, we're really changing the nature of the reaction in the cylinder. Excellent. And it is, remind me, it's a aftermarket retrofit that can be put on in very quickly, you know, hours even by either an installer or the owner operators themselves. You guys ship the system out. Are we actually seeing models on the road already? Oh, yes. Uh, we actually have been on the road since 2019 on some test trucks for durability purposes. But yes, uh, we are definitely on the road. The uh, nice part about this is when you and I talked last time, you talked about the tail, and that is the existing truck market, of which there are about 66 million out there. And uh, that's our focus is to cut down on, on noxious gases and global warming by virtue of going after those particular trucks. So we make it so it's an easy retrofit and very affordable. Uh, anybody can put it on. It's got to be a catalyzed system, 2010 or higher in terms of uh, model year. But uh, pretty much any diesel truck can use it. Absolutely. In 2010, for listeners who may not be aware, that was one of our most recent you know, heavy-duty emissions regulations coming out. And that's why we see 2010 models have a lot of aftermarket treatments or you know, diesel exhaust, things like that, to reduce tailpipe emissions. When we start thinking about future regulations, I know that's front and center for what you guys are targeting, especially for that long tail. How are owner operators today uh, planning to meet regulations that are just, sounds like four years, but it'll be here tomorrow, I know, for most of these fleets. So talk about that pain point for a lot of fleets and how they're planning, what their options are to meet those you know, more stringent regulations. Well, I'm proud to say I grew up on a truck farm uh, and I know the pain trying to figure out what you're going to do to get the power that you want to pull the load you and work you have to get done and at the same time meet the emission law especially with the law changing and also get the better fuel economy we do all of those and pay attention to all of those in one product and we're doing it in such a way that anyone or operator can make use of it today without waiting 
for electrification or hydrogenation or whatever is being proposed for the 30s, uh, we are already meeting that emission limit right now. That's great to hear. And that's a good point and something we talk about on this show pretty regularly is what are the disruptive technologies, right? I've spent a lot of time working with low carbon fuel manufacturers and producers of drop in hydrocarbons and we talk electrification and hydrogen, but you're right. And we said it on our last episode, there's a lot of trucks on the road and they have a long life and they're going to have a long life after those years too. So how do we think about making sure we don't leave behind a lot of the existing installed base of engines and technologies? So your system seems like it's ready made for that. Talk a little bit about you know, which specific regulate, are we targeting NOx? Are we targeting CO2? Is it everything? Give us some of the, the benefits. Well, the big hitter, of course, uh, from an EPA standpoint is NOx. Um, we're going after that very, very strongly. Uh, fuel economy, of course, uh, cuts down on CO2. The better fuel economy you have, the less CO2. Uh, and what we have done is go back to say, okay, what is NOx? NOx is it's not a gas, it's actually two gases. And we studied uh, with a dynamometer uh, exactly what gas we in, in, improve, and it's the one that causes smog. Uh, and we kill it in the cylinder. Uh, so that's the major accomplishment on the gaseous side. Fuel economy, we're up over 15% easily uh, in terms of reduction in um, loss of fuel by poor combustion. Excellent. So we're, we're, correct me if I'm wrong, and after I'm done, I'm going to ask you what a dynamometer is. So you're going to have to explain that one for me. But uh, we're taking existing engine um, exhaust, tailpipe exhaust, and the technology you guys add on recirculates that back into the cylinder for a second combustion, which is adding improved miles per gallon, power, fuel efficiency. So talk to me a little bit about what the system looks like and then explain to me like I'm a five-year-old what a dynamometer is. Okay, it's, a, it's just, just plumbing, plumbing system to do what you just said. Uh, we're taking tailpipe exhaust and putting it back very quickly and smoothly into the intake manifold uh, by going through what we call an ejector uh, that increases the speed with which it goes in but it preserves the gas as it comes from the exhaust because that is very rich in chemicals that improve combustion. Those are now being wasted and thrown away. So it's a sustainable system from that viewpoint. The idea of a dynamometer is to basically simulate a truck engine. And what it does in a laboratory is put the engine on a mount and force it to power a brake and that brake force is creating the torque demand on the engine. And then you're measuring all of the parameters that the engine is accomplishing by virtue of that torque demand. Excellent. I think I got it. Thank you. Let's talk a little bit about when we go sell this engine to a, an owner operator, are they more excited about hey, I can save emissions? Or are they more excited about, hey, I'm getting better efficiency, I'm lowering my costs? And it can be both, but what, what I find in general is that, and we've talked about this with your system before, if you're doing both, it's a much easier sell. But in this constrained environment, I mean, listeners of freight waves are following, freight rates are falling off a cliff, the economy is headed towards a recession, already in one. 
owner operators are certainly not thinking about, hey, how am I going to go triple my CapEx and have a high expensive electric truck on the road to save emissions? They're thinking about bottom line operating. How can I survive and just be compliant? When you're talking to customers, which is it that they're looking for? It's cost, uh, without a doubt, cost of operation. Uh, but with government basically has said, okay, uh, you know, you've got a cost that you have to meet, but in the meantime, we've got an atmosphere that we're trying to fix. So that's the dichotomy, and it's the, basically the debate, debate that's been going on with the industry as to what the limits should be. What we do in going after combustion, therefore, is to say, what can I save you in fuel, and how do I give you your power? Make sure you've got your power. I don't want you to lose power. I want you to gain power because you need that to get your work done. It all begins with torque and loads and terrains and everything that the fleet owner has to cope with. So that's where we start. We say, okay, here's what you're going to get from this. Here's the added horsepower. Here's the added torque. Here's the added miles per gallon. Now let's talk about emissions. Great point, Jack. And I wish more people would look at it through that lens of how do we provide better economics and reduce emissions at the same time. Those are the solutions that we want to scale. Now, you guys have been at this for three or four years. We had you on a year ago. What's changed in the last year with the system? Are there any new findings or on-road experiences or customer growth stories you can tell us? Yes, uh, we have done several things. One is we simplified the installation. Uh, We took a lot of the parts and put them together into a, a kit where the installer does not have to work at it very hard. He can put this thing on in six hours. Uh, the other part is that we came up with a uh, dedicated installation service so that uh, the owner operator, if he doesn't want to install it himself, can go to a location nearby, which will install it for him. And those are basically uh, a technique where they can even do their OEM truck uh, just as they're coming off the production line and send it into this service before they even take ownership of the truck. So that's new and it's designed to make it as streamlined and fast as we can by setting up a network of those installation sites. We're working very hard at that right now. The, uh, the important thing though is the results we're getting once we put it on the truck is all you gotta do is drive that thing for about 20 miles and you'll feel the power and you will feel the uh, benefit all you got to do is go up on like a 3% to 5% grade and uh, see it not downshift pulling 40,000 40, pounds and you know you've got something. Awesome. It seems too easy for it not to take off. And I see some new marketing materials in the background. We had Ken on from Leonard's Express around the same time as you were on last year. I know they're an early adopter and customer. Talk to me about that relationship and are there similar relationships like that in the working to try and scale you know, across fleets, in that, especially in that area of the country? Yes, the... Uh, the fact that we just received an OEM um, validation of our product is causing us uh, a lot of excitement. We think we can do something to make an arrangement where that's mutually beneficial. But be that as it may, when we get to the point of, okay, what about my installation and my locality? Can I do that uh, quickly? So we provide an engineering service whereby we'll go right to your shop and guide your people if you want to do it yourself, or we will find a local shop, uh, typically a dealership, that'll put it on for you. 
And those dealerships uh, that we're working on is a network of about 700 of them across the country. That's quite a lot. I expect to see this scale pretty quickly by the time we have you on again next year. I would encourage listeners, you know, we talk a lot, as I mentioned, about disruptive technologies. And sometimes I think people get frustrated because we continue to see climate related disasters increasing in frequency and volatility. And we, I think, generally agree climate change needs no marketing. It's doing its own for us. Um, We're all waking up more collectively to the need to take action. But people sometimes feel frustrated that we can't go from zero to 100 and have a truly carbon neutral or real zero solution at hand today. And the fact is, like, we just won't. We've got installed solutions. We've got great high energy fuels like diesel that have provided so many benefits for us globally that we we often overlook them in our rush to move to the next thing. But we're going to have to make progress before we get to perfect. And we can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. We still need the backbone of our society to move and these trucks to haul goods and keep things in the economy moving. So how do we do that and get better iteratively? That's a tough word, iteratively. Um, And SPI, you know, Spirit is a solution that does that. So when you guys think about marketing, um, do we need to even include the climate change piece in the emissions piece other than being compliant? Is it just a for the other diesel heads out there running trucks, like, guys, you just got to get better efficiency and keep your trucks moving, right? Is that the bigger marketing play for these guys? Uh, no, uh, they are actually very green sensitive. Uh, most fleets in the country we're dealing with are greatly desiring to be called greener and to put green on their truck, which is one of the reasons we came up with that caption, already green, because if you use spear, you are already green. Uh, it already meets the emission limits that the government is basically promoting. And the, the fact that people are sensitive to the environment means that, okay, uh, what, what are the gases we have to deal with? Nobody's ever talking about the gases. So what we did with our dynamometer tests, to go back to that, is do an eight-gas analysis at the same time we ran the power demand and took a look at how we're influencing those gases. And we found out that we're killing the worst one. That's the one that creates um, smog. And we took it, we almost eliminated it right in the cylinder. Not only that, we're going after fine particle emissions. Fine particles are the bane of people that have to work around diesels, uh, especially if they wear respirators. Respirators don't stop fine particles. We kill them right in the cylinder. So we're taking out things that people never even realized were significant, like those gases I talked about and the fine particles. We want to take that to EPA and say, look, we've got a solution here where you don't have to worry about that stuff anymore. You know, we've got a way to go after it in the great multitude of trucks that are out there. That's the key. Jack, that's a great point. Thank you for making it for our listeners. We often attribute carbon as the headline because it is the big greenhouse gas that's causing warming, but there are others that we have to worry about. So you're mentioning them, NOx, uh, particulate matter, and carbon black. And those in general have more local uh, health issues and community issues, whether you're working on the engines or live in the community. We know that that's why the regulations continue to get more stringent is because they're so important to get out of our lungs and out of our communities. So it's awesome to hear that this system is is tackling that and getting rid of them. Can you give me a sense for scope? So when I look at the EPA standards, uh, 2010, it was like 
2.5 grams per brake horsepower mm-hmm. some setting 2027 is much more extreme where is it and do you guys meet it exceed it you know let me know yes uh, the the 2027 limit is a 40 percent reduction in NOx. uh we meet it uh and uh when you take a look at NOx itself we're also going after carbon by virtue of better efficiency the the better, the best way to go after carbon right now is to use less of it. Uh, and by going after the fuel economy the way we are, uh, we're cutting down on CO2. Now, there is a measurement called global warming potential, uh, where EPA puts together a combination of CO2 and NOx into a reading and says, okay, if they're going up into the air, here's their potential for causing global warming. We cut that number by 18%. That should be a win for most people, especially when it's an easy install, cost affordable. We've already talked about this on a previous episode, but it's worth mentioning again, the ROI on this from just the fuel efficiency savings is a quick payback, right? Right. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Less than a year payback for sure. Yeah. There's not many solutions out there that get us that. And if you do that at scale, that can really have an impact on the climate, let alone the pocketbooks of a lot of Americans who are helping drive our economy forward. Talk to me briefly about plans for the next year, right? What do you guys have in store? How are you guys ramping up? If someone wants to buy this system today, what should they do? Well, we have a website, um, spycorp.com. If you go on the website, you can find out how to order it in a hurry. We deliver it in the form of a kit. We give you some installation guidance. And if you need further help in terms of putting it on your particular truck, we will provide an engineering service to come out and give you a hand. The thing that we're really going after big time is a network of installation sites uh, so that people don't have to rely on their own shops. Uh, and also, many of them would like it delivered with their new truck. So uh, we can put that on a new truck as well just before it gets delivered at that same installation site. Awesome. Great to hear. I'm excited about this system for lots of reasons. One, though, is you have a mindset on solving this problem that a lot of people don't have yet. And the more that I get into you know, the new carbon economy, where people think about carbon not just as a waste, but also as a product that has value, right? We're starting to see fuels that are built out of carbon, products that are built out of carbon, and people trying to capture not only to sequester and pull it out of the atmosphere, but to make useful products out of it. You're doing that here, right? We've got emissions waste going out. There's energy and loss there that doesn't need to happen. And you're viewing it as an opportunity to build a product around reuse to improve current operations. Do you have any sort of like inspirational advice for entrepreneurs or other fleet owners to to view that opportunity in other periods of their operation? Uh, First thing I say is that people forget they're made out of carbon. Uh, it's a pretty good place to start. Can't be that bad. <laughs> so if, if you're made out of carbon, then how is it best used? Well, people forget that we're wasting it now. And the oil companies have not stopped drilling. I mean, they're going to, they just, they're putting more money into drilling. They know what the future is going to be. And that's carbon going to be around here for a long time. But it isn't just the carbon, it's the carbon molecule. Uh, is what it joins with in in the form of the fuel. And when you break that, 
Releasing that energy is really what it's all about. We have found a way to get maximum energy out of that fracture. That's the key to combustion. And we've improved combustion significantly by chemistry. So um, going from the human body being made out of carbon to what we can do with it in an engine is a leap, but we think we've done it. <laughs> and it's just an important mindset and shift that I hope people take away from this conversation is that, yes, we all want to be net zero. We know climate change is a problem, but the reality is we're talking about molecules and everything in the right place in the right amount at the right time is a good thing, right? There is a natural balance that we want to live. I tell my kids all the time, like there are right things you can do in the wrong place that will get you in a lot of trouble. It's <laughs> yeah. a, a good way to say it. Uh, we thought that by, and by the way, this um, new validation that we just got from an OEM does exactly what we're talking about. It goes after combustion. Right. And, and treats it right in the cylinder. Awesome. Well, I just continue to be amazed that y'all marching this this product down the field. I hope to continue to see it scale. I'm glad to give it you know, airtime on this show because I think we can't just wait on solutions that are cost prohibitive today. We've got to do everything we can to get solutions on the road that meet people where they're at. So thank you and your team for the work. Yeah. And yeah, maybe we'll be back in a year and have uh, more and more success stories to share. We're looking forward to it, and we're uh, we're not stopping. Love it. Thanks, Jack. <laughs> it's good to see you again. Okay, thank you. Bye bye.